0: Met's news today. We have so much to talk about. Before we get going into it, of course you guys know where to find us if you want to listen to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, and if you want to watch it, YouTube. But you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Mets Up Podcast. You'll find us everywhere that needs to be found. We're talking Mets all the time, and we've got a lot to talk about today. There's been a kind lot shockingly. Going on with- yeah. shockingly. Yeah, shockingly. <laughs> there's been a lot going on with the Mets. Some good, some bad some exciting and some maybe disappointing stuff. So there's a lot to cover here today. Uh, Really excited to talk about, I think we just got to start off with it, Francisco Lindor is a New York Met. Francisco Lindor, yes, do a little little dance. Francisco Lindor is a New York Met.
1: It was such great timing that we recorded the entire podcast like being scared about Lindor's extension like six hours before he actually signed the extension.
0: Yeah, and like the video, so I went out to dinner that night with like Daniel Kim, who's like a KBO guy, and he was talking about the Lindor extension with me. And I dropped the podcast video and the podcast right before I went out to dinner. It was like seven o'clock. And then by the time I came home and everything was like settled, Lindor just signed. And I was like, oh great. Like our podcast is going to get a nice little bump in views. And then it's going to die because everything we talked about became irrelevant within minutes of it coming out. So, I mean, good problem to have. I'm okay with the podcast getting no views on that one because it was not topical anymore, but
1: not a big deal. Easy one to waste. I'm I've been hanging out in Southern California, visiting a friend and he's also a very big Mets fan. And that news dropped, I think like it was like seven or eight o'clock local time for me, cause it was late night in the East coast. And we'd had a couple of drinks and we were hanging out with some people and we just both looked at their phones, and, like looked at each other at the exact same time, and just went, ah, like, we did it. He slapped my hand so hard, it literally hurt. All that. I, just, see,
0: I, didn't, I didn't get a good slap of the hand, Red, but I had to. Go, I went outside because Alex was sleeping. I went outside and I just started yelling on the balcony. I was screaming. <laughs> I did my little video out there. It was raining, so I was getting drenched as well. And I'm like, I'm gonna scream! Ah! I'm like, let's go! We
1: did it. Was it! such a it was such a scream moment. Like it wasn't even funny.
0: Like when we got Lindor, we both had great reactions of like, "Oh my god, we did it!" But like now that we signed him, it was like a yell of like, "Finally!" Like we. This is Steve Cohen. Whatever he's promised us, like he's he really means it. He
1: really means it. Definitely, and like not to toot my own horn, but during that podcast, I said that all he wanted was more money than Fernando Tatis, and he literally all he wanted was more money than Fernando Tatis. What was
0: it? One million more. (laughs) Literally
1: one million more, and the AAV was way above Tatis's because they bought that arbitration. But he literally was like this. 21 22 year olds he's played one full season of the league there's no way he's getting paid more money than me and it was not gonna happen and it didn't happen and i'm happy that i'm happy that they could find the middle middle ground that was like just petty enough that both guys were like aware of it and okay with it to, to agree to the deal
0: yeah i'm glad to see that like i'm starting to believe maybe that even a lot of like the rumors and stuff that were going on just people didn't really know and didn't really have like a good take on it because i think even like jeff pass like minutes before the lindor things happened put out a tweet about how like there's been no talks. It's not happening. Opening days tomorrow. Whatever it was. And I was like, ah, oh, damn. Like I was kind of sad. I was like, man, it didn't happen. That's thanks. Like, okay, that's probably the final straw. And then I, I think the sauce boss himself, Heyman broke the news, right?
1: Yeah, he did. But yeah. like I was I've been listening to like a lot more podcasts the last few days, like catching up and stuff. And Eno Saris made a great point on his Rates and Barrels podcast that the two contracts that were offered during like the stalemate period we really not that far apart in average annual value, and he he's like he's like he's, he's a Mets fan. He said that this was this was the day before he signed. He said that he was really not concerned at all once he saw those two numbers. And like in retrospect, I think he was kind of right. Like they were really never as far apart as I think many people in the media led it to believe.
0: Yeah, I think like you can get really caught up in seeing like Lindor wanted three eighty and the Mets offered three twenty five and think that they're like sixty million and that's like a big amount if you take like percentage of the total salary. But like you said with the AAV, and I think we even mentioned it last week. Like, they basically both agreed how much he was worth. It was just a matter of the length, and it seems like Lindor came down on the length. They gave him a little more AAV, and that's where they met. Yeah,
1: definitely. And there were also some other, like, more, like, fine-tuned parts of the contract that definitely caused for negotiations to, like take as long as they did it's all like he has a 15 team no trade clause for the first four years of the deal which i thought was kind of interesting i wish i knew we could find out who those 15 teams are like it's like he's like just like splits the league down the middle
0: and that's so interesting that's the first four and if i had to guess it would probably be the teams that are just not competitive
1: or don't teams that aren't fun yeah or warm and then he's a full no trade clause for the back end of the deal until 2031 which i thought was also pretty interesting it seems like he's like giving himself a window where like yeah, if this doesn't work out, maybe we can work out a trade, but like once I'm here for five years, like I'm gonna start my life here. This is gonna be my home, this is gonna be my people, this is gonna be my place. And I don't wanna leave once I become like stable and secure.
0: Yeah, it kinda gives them like not that it's gonna happen anyway, but like it gives them a safety net just in case something changes and with the New York Mets and you know all that. But I don't think we're gonna have to worry about that anytime soon. Hey, no, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, this is just this is just like random minutia that went into it. Just looking through the contract.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like even with like the what was it Bryce Harper's contract or something? There was just like, so every player essentially like puts in something that like they want that they think is going to be like this big chip and the ownership can give it because like they're like, eh, it still really doesn't mean anything. like it's, it's not important at all, but sure, if you want it, you get
1: it. That was also cool that this is the third highest AAV for a position player in baseball. And the highest for a player not on the Los Angeles Angels.
0: Yeah. No, and it's, it's like, also good that we've been seeing players just getting, like, bigger and bigger contracts again. When, like, there was that whole kind of, like, really slow window of players not getting paid the money that they deserve. I mean, even the Harper Machado offseason, where it took until, what, February and March for those guys to sign. So, it's good to see that, like, these players that are the top players in the game are finally starting to just like get the money that they deserve because it's really just like that's what you watch the game for you watch for the players they're the ones bringing in all the revenue they deserve to get paid that was like a huge thing i talked about last year especially with the uh what's the word i'm talking about with the salaries that prorated salaries like it was just like pay the guys what you owe them they're worth that money
1: yeah amazingly happy like incredibly incredibly happy it's also it's also funny that a lot of this money in this contract's deferred like they deferred $50 million worth to be paid from 2032 to 2041. And just like looking at those years and typing them out on our outline was like wild. <laughs> just think about the year, but the year 2041.
0: 2041, I'll be 45. Yep. <laughs> yes. That's, oh God, that's like nightmare fuel. I don't need to ever think about being 45 right now.
1: And Francisco, and, and you know, there's going to be tweets that I don't even know if, tw- I hope that Twitter will probably still be around then, but there'll be tweets with like tens of thousands of favorites. Like, oh, another 5 million Francisco Lindor in like 2039. However this career goes, like maybe it'll be like, wow.
0: I I think it's going to go on a pretty good trajectory. I'm just so happy that like, it seems like pretty much to the end of his career, he's going to be in New York Met. He's going to be in the orange and blue, going to be playing shortstop every single day. Something we just like, we haven't had a really good shortstop since Jose Reyes. And even then like Lindor is a far better player than Reyes, I think ever was. So it's, this is like this. Is, he has the potential, I think, to become like an all-time franchise great kind of player.
1: No, definitely. If this all goes according to plan, there's a good chance you see Francisco Lindor's number in city fields for the rest of our lives.
0: Yeah, which would be really cool. I would that if we see his number retired at the end of all of this, something really good has happened during those ten years. I'm I'm all I'm all for that 100. percent And then with all the excitement that was Francisco Lindor signing, you know, just a few hours later that that high just absolutely crashed with the washington nationals and the covid stuff i don't know what your take is because i we didn't want to talk about it too much so that we could actually talk about it today but i know like i got a lot to say i'm not happy about the situation yeah
1: i like big takeaway here is fuck the nationals of course always hate those guys yeah i've never even hated the nationals like i kind of hated bryce harper like when they won the world series i didn't feel like like I got stabbed in my heart like I would have felt like if the Braves or the Phillies or the Yankees won a World Series. But this current juncture, right now, this moment, after these three days, fuck the Washington Nationals. <laughs> they killed a, they killed a great baseball weekend.
0: You took away opening day after signing the biggest contract for one Literally. of the best players and in like franchise the, history.
1: It's so ironic because the opening day was this like massive deadline that we set for Lindor and it was like there's like on Twitter Tacoma was like fifty six hours sloping for day, forty eight hours sloping day, thirty six hours sloping day, and then just got taken away. Like, what if they didn't get the deal done? We could have had three more days to negotiate. That's what I'm saying. I'm like,
0: I wonder if, he, let's just say, like, he, we didn't get the deal done by them. Would they have used these three days to continue negotiating? Or Lindor's like, no, nah, I'm done. It's o- opening day was supposed to happen. I'm not talking.
1: But basically, the Nationals are just some lousy, good-for-nothing losers.
0: Yeah, I just, like... <laughs> They're the worst. I don't... I, I'm so on the fence with how I'm feeling because, like, definitely upset that the Mets didn't get to play. You robbed us of opening day. I, granted, we get to see DeGrom in the Phillies this week, which we'll talk about later, but what is the point of having, like, the COVID protocols and the taxi squad and all these precautions for something like this to happen so the schedule doesn't get screwed? Because right now, the Mets are just, like, they're getting screwed. There's no other way around. Oh, 100%, yeah. And I think the Nationals play the Braves next series, I think, and the Braves are going to get a huge bump because the Nationals are going to be able to use their taxi squad guys then against the Braves when it should have really been against the Mets as well. Like, why does it feel like oh, the definitely. Mets... definitely. It's
1: ridiculous. The Nationals yeah. are... The Braves are going to get to face, like, God knows whoever fills in for the Nationals pitching. And we're going to have to pitch Corey Oswald in, like, six days. Yeah, which is stupid. In a game that we're almost definitely going to lose.
0: And, like, two seven-inning games, 100% plays better to the Nationals than it does the Mets.
1: That's probably true just because their bullpen is not much worse. But also, like, now that they've come out, like, only four players in the team actually have COVID. And it was, like, Kyle Schwarber, John Lester, Al Avila, and Josh Harrison that came out earlier this morning
0: which shockingly that's the older group of guys i would have thought if anything it would have been some of the younger guys just because when you think of like covid protocols like ah, i'm back i'm gonna go go grab a drink or something at a bar but, like
1: or... two two of those guys are barely even major league baseball players at this point if yeah. not three of the four of them
0: yeah and lester wouldn't have even pitched against the mets exactly
1: yeah and like josh harrison is covid they literally like top prospects two of their top prospects luis garcia and carter keyboom easily could have filled in a second base, probably should be filling in a second base anyway, instead of Josh Harrison. There's no reason that this series should have been postponed for four, like, nominal players.
0: Yeah, I think, like, I would have been okay with the first game because they probably, like, wanted to do the testing and and make sure that, like, no one was in contact and the tracing and all that stuff. But the entire series being canceled just seems like it made zero sense to me whatsoever. Like you said, it's four guys. That's the only four guys now that we know of. And we push back every single game. I understand, like... I understand the schedule has the opportunity to do that, and there's off days, and we do play the Nationals a bunch, so you have a chance to make up those games, but if you're going to have these rules, if you're going to have these protocols in place, I'm all for keeping the players as safe as physically possible, but also at the same time, like, what is the punishment then for using these protocols? Because it seems like, okay, well, if they break the protocols and they have too many guys, the taxi squad doesn't even matter, it seems like at this point, it's just a uh what's the word i'm looking for basically like a formality yeah a formality like ah there's we have the taxi squad just in case but clearly it's not going to be used if it needs to be from what it seems like it's just like the mets are getting screwed in this situation i feel like
1: definitely and of course there was still contact tracing going on so they didn't really know that it was just these four players until late last night early this morning yeah but they still could have got a game in today today. like they definitely canceled the entire series before, like, they could have just gotten day-by-day day with cancellations. The Mets and Nationals could have been playing at 4 p.m. today for, like, a weird one-game opening day. Or they even could have started the season with two double headers, and we could have watched DeGrom and Stroma throw two incomplete complete games. Yeah. Would have been fun. Would have been great. But, like, it turned into, like, this weird, like... Twilight Zone, like, blue ball opening day situation because I'm watching baseball and enjoying everything. Like, stats are accumulating. Like, crazy fun things are happening. And the Mets are just not playing.
0: Yeah, no, we tweeted out. I think we tweeted out on the Mets' messed up podcast Twitter, at Mets' up on Twitter, like, multiple times. Like, oh, man, I I wish the Mets were playing right now. Or, like, wouldn't it be great to watch the Mets? Like, who misses the Mets? Like, it was just like, this is the worst tease of all time, especially with the high of Lindor. Like, getting to see him play his first game as a Met knowing he's going to be here for the next does the contract start this year or is it at the end of this year?
1: I think it's at the end of this year because they already agreed to an arbitration figure for this year.
0: Okay, so we get to see him for 11 years, basically. Like, this is the start of the, the Lindor era, and it's like, nope,
1: COVID, sorry. It, sucked. it felt so bizarre, like, sitting there on Thursday and watching baseball and being like, I'm not even going to see the Mets for days. And, like, the one silver lining... I drew from it, which tweeted also from the messed up podcast messed up on Twitter was that if they only would have missed one or two games, it could have lined up to or even Stroman to pitch the first game in city on Thursday. And now neither of them are going to be even close to available to pitch that game. It's going to be either Peterson or Ta'wan Walker, depending on if they decide to split up the lefties or not at the back end of the rotation which also sucks that's a, ma- that's a massive buzz kill
0: yeah no granted we do get to play the marlins and based on how they've looked you know these last few games that's an offense that not really worried about right now so yeah you anemic
1: know, would be the word
0: yeah i'm okay with not using de and stroman against those guys i'd like them to get starts against some of the better teams and more competent offensive teams but yeah i mean like a, a home opener at city field with Degrom, and then the next day stroman would have been electric
1: yeah, I'm going to be in the building, so color me selfish, but I would have loved to have seen DeGrom live on Thursday afternoon. You're telling me you
0: don't want to see Taiwan Walker's debut or maybe even Joey Lucchese if he gets the ball?
1: Hey, I'm happy to see Taiwan Walker's debut. I do not want to see Joey Lucchese if he gets the ball. Not not live, at least. I want to be able to change the channel if Joey Lucchese's pitching. I want to be able to watch another game at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean, just like you said, I think the biggest takeaway from the Nationals is that they're lousy good-for-nothing losers.
1: Yes. Lousy, good for nothing losers. That could be even the name of this podcast. The Nationals are lousy, good for nothing losers. And follow COVID protocols, people. Just just listen. Them. Just what are you doing? How We did this for an entire season. I guess the Nationals kind of took last year off as a team anyway. And it's the veterans, too. It's the veterans. Was Was Alex Avila on the Cubs at all last year? I don't know. Alex Avila. He's been like going between the Cubs and the Tigers for like and, our entire and the Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks yeah, yeah, for like our entire lives. I don't know where he is when, but he's always around. And he is always Alex- just, like he always has like 250 at bats and like hits kind of well.
0: Because like an interesting thing with the guys who did test positive: Schwarber, Cubs, Lester, Cubs, Harrison was with the Nationals <laughs> last year. If Avila was with the Cubs Whoa. last year, do I'm getting right do we have, now. Do we? Have, is this a Chicago Cubs problem? They can't follow rules.
1: No, he's with the Twins last year. Fifty ah, okay. percent of it, I'll still call this a Chicago Cubs problem.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, of course. Definitely. 50% of the guys. I mean, like you said, it was just, it was super, it was a blue ball moment if there was ever one. And luckily, you know, today's Sunday when we're recording this, they would have been playing right now. Probably would have seen the Mets up like three or four, nothing at this point, but we get to see the Mets play real baseball tomorrow. And at the time. I, hope, like I mean, is, I hope.
1: I don't want to I'm not I'm knocking on wood. I don't want to jinx it. Like, yeah. I pray to God the Mets played tomorrow.
0: By the time that this is dropping, it'll probably be tonight, so Sunday night. You guys will be, you know, within hours of Mets baseball, hopefully. And we are in a pretty good scenario here against the Phillies. Because now we do get to start with our best three guys going up against the Phillies. DeGrom against Matt Moore, game one. That's a matchup I love to see. That's a matchup yeah, I great. love to see. Especially <laughs> with our like super right-handed, like, you know. I don't want to say dominant but we do have good splits against lefty pitchers for our right for especially for our right-hand batters. I'm feeling good about you know this series, even though the Phillies have looked good thus
1: far. Yeah, the Phillies have looked good. I actually do really want to talk about how good the Phillies look, because I know you have your whole Philly stick. Whatever. It happens. I
0: can admit when they are... I admit when they're good at things, but I also love to say that they're a fourth-place team, because they are. But yeah.
1: <laughs> I've, I hinted at it in our first two episodes, but I really think the Phillies are actually like a dark horse, like playoff contender in the National League, especially the last two days watching Wheeler and Nola both just shove. That's like, and today so far, Eflin has also looked great. Eflin's a guy who I have been high on for years and years and years and years. Eflin, for anyone who didn't know, had a regenerative knee issue that he was unaware of for the first like 25 years of his life. He was basically pitching with just an arm. He was using no back and no leg because he couldn't bend over. And there's crazy quotes where he talks about this. And if you go back and look at clips of him pitching his first year in the league, he's like basically like upright. And in the last two years, he's really getting into it. And he's gained like four miles an hour in his fastball since he learned to use his legs and fixed his degenerative knees. So he's a guy who I'm watching, but the rotation falls off after these first three. As good as those first three are, four and five are basically non-existent. Who who even are there four and five? I don't have a clue. It's more and they still try to make Vince Velasquez happen. But I don't know if that's ever gonna work.
0: Yeah, just use him in the bullpen already. I don't know why they haven't made him just be like, yeah, he come could be out very, there, very come good. out there, throw a hundred, because he does have a good arm and he does have some decent stuff, but he literally he's very decent. He, stuff, he falls he just off never... every time the second time through the lineup. He just can't Yeah, it he out. has
1: he's one of those guys who would stuff without command, which work super well in the bullpen, half for generations. <laughs> a big guy who's stuff and no command, who looks great for Philly so far is Jose Alvarado. He he looks like he lost like 15 20 pounds at least and he was he was was a round fellow with the BB's the yeah he was a round fella just put him on the ground roll him into the clubhouse but he was throwing bb's the other day he's 100 miles an hour i don't know how often he really ever did that with the rays but he was busting him in there
0: yeah no i know he's always had a good arm he's always like been battling injury issues as well i think we got to see him a little bit more stretched out probably before we start to really make a huge decision on whether or not alvarado's Legit or not, especially because I think he's had huge walk problems in the past too. Where huge he just, walk problems. He has crazy walk it. rates. Yeah, yeah. Like, which
1: happens. But like a lefty who could throw a hundred, but that kind of slider, sure. But it's always dangerous. You want, you want to know who's starting the fifth game of the season for the Phillies? Chase Anderson. Chase the only Anderson. thing more boring than Chase Anderson's name is his stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Guys, <man>. thanks. <laughs> God, that is a
0: personal attack, but it is very true. I think I did like I was. I don't know what I did. I had to like talk about. Uh, the Blue Jays last year at one point for something. And I had to talk about Chase Anderson on the mound. I was like, I don't care who he's playing, who it is. You bet against Chase Anderson. He's just not, he can't beat you. Like, there's no way. He's just like, the little year that he had in Milwaukee a couple years ago where like he was okay. It's like, that's not Chase Anderson anymore. Like he loves to just get hit yeah, but really Milwaukee
1: hard. Milwaukee just does that. Like, I don't care who pitches for Milwaukee. They're going to find like five innings and give up three runs and just keep them in the game. Like, Brett Anderson, the other the second most boring Anderson in the league, has been doing that for like three years running now. <laughs> so
0: wait, they we're just... getting Matt Moore and Chase Anderson the first two games against the Phillies? Yeah. Oh man, I <laughs> love that. Maybe we should just throw Peterson and Lucchese those two games. I know, right? Let let, let Peterson be the opening day starter. <laughs> oh man, wow, yeah. Like I, going back to what you said about Nolan Wheeler, like I think Nola is a guy that if you watched last year because he had the Cy Young caliber year, then I think ninth. 19, 19 he was okay he was just like he, he had a big step back people started to figure him out a little bit more just wasn't getting the production that he did before and then 20 he looked really good
1: Great. But if you look and you've listened to Nola's talk about this, he blames the baseball in 19 for his problems, not because of the home run environment, but because it was more difficult to grip. And Trevor Bauer has spoken about that too, because he struggled a lot in 19 compared to the last three years. And Nola is like, he's big change up curveball guy. And he's, he doesn't have elite velocity. He's all about command and he has amazing command. Some of the best in the league. And when you, when you're a command guy and you lose a little bit of the command like that, you will fall off a cliff because your mistakes Velocity is not, not going to save your mistakes like that, and when you make them, they're going to get jumped on, especially when the ball is giving up more home runs. So, I, yeah, Noel's perennial Cy Young contender. He's one of the better pitchers in baseball. He's, he's unheralded just because he's pretty unspectacular and because the Phillies haven't been very good during his prime, but he's fantastic. And Wheeler, wow. Wheeler, Looked amazing yesterday. I remember,
0: like, people were giving the Phillies a lot of crap, and I was one of the few people who didn't about the Zach Wheeler signing, where they paid twenty three instead of yeah. twenty, and everyone was like, "Oh, they overpaid." I'm like, "Hold on, first no, off, no way." I was like, "Hold on, it's like fifteen million over five years extra to get the guy that they wanted, who that they think is going to be good." We're like talking about pennies at this point, and my whole thing with Zach Wheeler was that he reminded me a lot of Garrett Cole in Pittsburgh, especially because they throw very similar pitches. They have if you put them like overlay their wind up and how they throw.
1: Dude, I incepted you with this knowledge. No, you didn't. This is, I told this you, I is my this take from last year.
0: I, I said this before you did you can go to go to my video go to my zach wheeler oh my video when he signs with the philadelphia phillies and we were not talking this much at this point
1: no, i'll tell you right now i applied to work for a baseball ops internship with the phillies before during it was during the offseason before wheeler signed and i wrote my entire entire write-up to those rat fucks about why zach wheeler was the most valuable free agent on the market and i use i made my own graphics and overlaid all their stuff and just showed their differences in like uh in like pitch selection basically and I was like this is the one so for Those of you,
0: you know, listening or watching, just to prove it so December 4th, 2019, Zach Wheeler signs with the Phillies. If you go to my video, I literally same thing like pull up the numbers of Cole and and Wheeler for the three years before Cole was in Houston and the three years that Wheeler was with the Mets, and they have almost identical numbers with the identical pitches. I think uh Cole throws his curveball a little bit more, I think might be the only difference or something like that. Whatever it was, I don't remember what the exact you know, numbers are. Well, it w- the,
1: the big thing with both of those guys when they switched teams and went to, I guess, that, t- that time the Mets were a pretty incompetent organization still, is just throwing less sinkers in favor of more seam fastballs. Yes. And Whe- Wheeler did that last year, but he still wasn't getting that the whiffs he wanted. I think Wheeler had like the lowest strikeout rave's career last year. It was like, basically under 20%. He was like Kyle Hendricks with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. But yesterday, Wheeler's fastball was blazing hot, and he was getting tons of whiffs. He got 8 whiffs on the on just the fastball in like 40 something pitches which was great. And he topped out at 100. He was sitting 98. That's really good.
0: You know, he's I think like anybody with a clue that was a Mets fan knew that this was going to be a guy that's going to hurt us that we let go over the difference of 15 million dollars over 5 years, which you know, thank you cheap ass Wilpons for that. Because everybody knew, like, we saw what he was doing with the Mets the last few years. He was getting stronger. He was finally showing that he was healthy. And while he still had a little bit of, like, I like to call him, like, he nibbled a little bit. He just, he wasn't putting away guys, which I think that's always probably going to be a little bit of his problem, is he just doesn't put people away. But his stuff was so good. And when he is clicking, which I think that's what you can expect to see now with the Phillies, like, you go, man, this guy is really, really good.
1: Dude, definitely. And he's like near the top of the league over the last three seasons in like innings pitched and games started. Like he's become something of a horse, which is crazy to think about from where he came from. But this is enough about the Phillies. I think we should transition a little bit just for a few minutes on the Braves. Because those two guys have made the Braves hitters look bad. Like so far this season, even including today at the time of shooting this, so it might be different by the time that we put it out. But Ozuna, Freeman, and Albies have combined for one hit versus these Phillies starting pitchers. Of course that's not going to last. The Braves are going to get hot. Those bats are some of the best in baseball, but I think it just shows that a lot of the teams at the top of this division might be closer than people think.
0: I I think that's a fair statement. Like, I don't want to overreact too much because, like you said, these bats are some of the best in the league, and they are also facing some of the better pitchers in the league. So it's expected that you're not going to necessarily put up a five spot on them every single time you face them. So it's fine, especially early in the season when pitchers tend to be ahead of hitters anyway. But I think the Braves, you know— might be in might be in a little bit of trouble especially with the pitching side I expected their pitching to be better and maybe that was foolish of me you've been saying it from the start that this Braves pitching
1: isn't anything but I just like not tar- that's not anything but it just seems like it's a little bit inflated by I don't even know by something like past performance like well, like, Freed looked great in opening Charlie Morton, look, look open Charlie Morton isn't good. the same yeah.
0: Charlie Morton that he once was. No, Clearly not they, even close to that. There's a reason the Rays didn't bring him back, and because yeah. I think they saw this. Definitely. And
1: also, the Mets kind of bowed out of that negotiation, too, which it was kind of cool, but he didn't look very good at all yesterday. I'm, I'm going to check out his velocity numbers right now, but his curveball looked a little bit weak. He, let's see, he sat 90, 94.5, which is pretty okay for him. That'll come. He, hit, he touched 96 a few times, but... He only got three whiffs on his curveball. That's crazy low for Charlie Morton. That's like a, that's a scary, yeah, that's a very scary number. I guess I mean, it only, you threw thirty times, but still, you got if he's the two star there. Especially their bullpen's also not very good. Their bullpen blew the game on uh, on opening day too. Like, there's just not a lot of pitching depth here. They're going to need like big, big seasons from Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson. They're going to need multiple of those guys to step up if they want. To co- like if they want to have the pitching depth to compete with the Mets and the Phillies, which is crazy talking about the Phillies' pitching depth because now I think they actually have some.
0: Yeah, and like a video I made recently about like how every team can win the World Series for the Braves, I was like, the pitching obviously has to step up, but it's not just like the guys that you think. It's like, like you said, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson, even like a Tuki Tucson. Those guys need to step up because we saw Sean Newcomb pitch yesterday, and I think the Sean Newcomb experiment needs to come to an end. in Atlanta, yeah, no, it's bad. He just unless he pitches against the Mets, he doesn't have it. So I. Like I don't know how many more times they're gonna throw this guy out there and just see him consistently like struggle, doesn't throw strikes, doesn't put batters away, gets hit hard. Even last year when he pitched against the Mets, I think had a good outing per se. I think it was a game where they just like smacked us by like fifteen runs. Sean Newcomb, I think, still threw like eighty pitches through three and a half innings, and it was like yeah, this is right. that
1: was that was like that was like a seventeen eleven like Sunday night baseball game, right?
0: Yeah, and it was just like the Mets were hitting him hard, hitting him into outs he got lucky and I just don't feel like the Braves have seen that and they keep throwing him out there and he keeps not pitching well
1: <laughs> it's weird as good as the Braves development has been like with hitters like they they basically haven't missed on the bats their pitching development has not been good like Newcomb Tukey Tucson, and Kyle Wright all objectively have like top-end stuff like you watch those guys pitch and like the curves are nice, the velocity besides for Newcomb is good, like sliders, changeups. They have everything that you everything in a toolbox that you need to be a successful pitcher. But they're all just off. They all don't have the command that it takes to be a successful starting pitcher in the major leagues. Which is kind of it's worrisome for them. It's cool for us. And they're and they're putting a lot of eggs in the Ian Anderson basket. And Ian Anderson looks great. And he had an awesome year last year. Highly tied the prospect, but he still doesn't really have elite velocity or elite stuff. Like, there, could, there's, a, there's a galaxy, and same same is true with Freed. I, I do love Max Freed, though. But there's a galaxy where both of those guys take at least half steps back.
0: Yeah, and even when you talk about, like, their, their pitching development, I mean, like, a guy like Kyle Muller was, like, super, super hyped up, super, super top, and he's kind of, like, fizzled off a little bit. And even some of the guys that they have traded away recently, it's just, like, the pitchers they have gotten had hype and just haven't really developed into what they thought they would be and go figure, like, Max Freed and Soroka – are the guys that end up being like, their big, you know, one, two. And Soroka is going to come back eventually at some point. I think like by the end of the year. No, yeah, Soroka will be back probably in a few weeks. Yeah,
1: And Smiley, Smiley's also looked good. He had a good spring. He had his good sample last year. But you can't count Drew
0: Smiley. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be counting on a guy who can't ever pitch more than 80 innings in a year. Literally, if
1: he gives you 130 innings, you should like go down on your knees and just like thank the heavens that Drew Smiley.
0: He'll give you a good 130 probably. If oh, you for sure! I,
1: I like as a fantasy baseball player. I've been getting Drew Smiley everywhere <laughs> okay. just because the stuff is there. It's always been there. But have been, like, been waiting for Drew Smiley since his days with the Rays just to just do put it together one time. It just might, but like I don't know. Like there, how unintimidating is the Braves bullpen? Super.
0: I, so like, I like some of the arms, but then they just they haven't produced this year. Which again, two games. Like I'm, I, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. But no, like, yeah, I, yeah. I like Will Smith a lot. Like I think he just gets slept on. You know, yeah. Well, no, Will Smith's very good. Will Smith's really good. And I like Chris Martin. I think Chris Martin showed, like, some good stuff the last couple years with the Braves. He's he's fine. He's good. But the rest of it, like, Luke Jackson stinks. Yeah. I, I would love to see Luke Jackson come yeah. in a close game. Please.
1: <laughs> Matzik, like, appears to be good, but I just simply don't believe it. Yeah, because like, he's just, I mean, like,
0: there? it was a short sample size last year, and yeah. he has some stuff, but he's another guy who, like, highly touted prospect. He was, what, the number 11 overall pick back in 2009, and he really only just started to get, like, a, a Did legit you do that from memory? No, I Google I, I, I uh. him already. I did it. So he was the Mike Trout draft, I think, right? 2009 or whatever it was. I uh, think you're a much bigger draft I, guy than me. The only reason I know that is because I did a video about like the guys picked before Mike Trout, and I think he was one of them. And I remember being like, at the time when I made the video, I'm like, he hasn't pitched since 2015 in the majors. I was like, so I don't really know what to take with it. In reliever role, he could be effective, but he also. No, definitely.
1: Still... He, he's definitely. He did 35% K rate last year, which is that's pretty elite. That'll, yeah. that'll get the job done 10 times out of 10. But, but like you said, Again, these guys on don't. Him. These guys do not strike fear into me. No.
0: I, I think the Braves team is just, they're a team that kind of needs everything to go right, right now in order to be as good as... Everything pitch. on the
1: pitching side. Yes, everything yes, on the pitching yes.
0: side. Hitting side, no worries. There's literally no worries on the all. hitting side. You're no. going to go hot. You're going to go cold. That happens throughout a year. But I think there are legitimate concerns with their pitching that need to be addressed at some point by them. As a Mets fan, I'm happy. Yes, which I mean, like right now, the Nationals have some problems. The Braves got some problems. The Phillies are the only team that's looking pretty good right now.
1: Phillies do look pretty good. But the Phillies, the Phillies also put up, like, literally two empty spots in the order every single day.
0: It's just like, the Phillies are going to score runs. That's always going to be their thing. They're going to be able to outscore people. They have a fairly good offense. Like, I hate Hoskins, but he hits. Realmuto Muto hits, even though, is he... He's not playing today. I think Nap's playing today, right?
1: Yeah, yeah but Real Muto started the year. He's, he's, yeah. he's healthy. He, Rian, put, he had to put the ball in play, like, 110 miles an hour yesterday. He's healthy as hell. That's
0: about right, yeah. Didi, as much as, like, DD is an average shortstop, like, he still hits well. The reason he's average is because he can't field. Dude, same I,
1: with Segura. All Segura does is hit. Yeah. I love that guy. All he
0: does is hit, but also, like, not really, you know? Yeah, no, but kind of. Like, he he's the classic, like, I'm good for, like, a good single every game. I love a good single. I'll have an OPS that hovers right around 750 every year. So, he doesn't, like, he's not someone that instills fear in most teams. No, but
1: he's he's a baseball player. Segura, yes. every single day he's on the field, like, good things happen. Like, he runs the base as well. Even as, like, his athleticism diminishes, he continues to steal bases. He's already, like... <laughs> he's already stolen a base this year yeah like not many guys steal bases segura found one like he's just a good ball player he doesn't strike out very much he doesn't walk very much either but like he put like he does things that are good consistently
0: and like in that lineup you can hit him towards like you know the back end of it and to help no, out yeah, i think
1: with, he's been hitting like six seven he's just been he's just been like raking them in and Bo- runs
0: bohm's a beast i'm a big fan of bohm Bomb. yeah he's so good we know how good harper is we don't have to talk about harper he's a stud even though you know mets have had his number recently which is nice but and then andrew mccutcheon I kind he does of his think, thing. He does his he thing. Does He's kind of like, uh, he reminds me a lot of like the Curtis Granderson role with the Mets back no, in like, yeah, 2015, definitely. like top of the order, lead off home run. That's kind of what they're looking yeah. for right there.
1: Oh, elder Statesman.
0: Yes. So the Phillies team, it's, I think we do get, we got unlucky that we had no opening day baseball, but we got lucky that we get to face the Phillies with our best pitchers and they have Matt Moore and, chase anderson chase anderson pitching two of the three games. <laughs> like couldn't have asked for a better matchup
1: and of course that's gonna be spencer howard at some point this year i guess they want to see some more of him in the minors but we will take every single chase anderson start directly to the bank and yes. i'm excited i'm excited to face him
0: yeah no and of course you know knock on wood he's not uh gonna come out there and pitch lights out all of a sudden and throw 96 or whatever it looks look like a
1: real idiot <laughs> chase anderson shuts the mets down six innings no run
0: you mentioned chase anderson i laughed I laughed in his face. So, you know, if, hopefully Chase Anderson isn't listening, putting this up in his locker or whatever as a little
1: motivation. The Mets up. I on almost head. hope it does. I would be, I would kill if this got into Major League Baseball locker rooms. That'd no. be great. I don't even care if they're, it was for hate.
0: They're listening to Mark Luino and James Sciotta before the game. They're like, Chase yeah. Anderson's like, these assholes think I can't pitch, These huh? losers. I'll, I'll show them.
1: Yeah, real strong guy behind a microphone, huh?
0: Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me see you try to hit me. It's like, well, you know, you are a Major League Baseball pitcher, so. I would try. I think we'd have a shot. If there's anybody on that Phillies yeah. team, it's Chase Anderson. Though we might have a if shot. You, if
1: you had to, if you had to face one pitcher in Major League Baseball, Chase <laughs> Anderson's probably, on the short list. He's definitely on the short list. There, he's one of the guys I'm considering.
0: Him and uh, maybe uh, who was it that pitched yesterday? That was just oh, Chris Archer against the Marlins looked horrendous. Not to shit on Chris Archer, he's such a nice, good dude. I met him at spring training a couple years ago. Incredibly friendly
1: and nice, but he just doesn't also. Care. It's just like thoracic outlet syndrome. It's just impossible to come back from. And speaking of thoracic outlet syndrome... Here we go. Here we go. Yesterday, for some reason, people thought Mets opening day was yesterday because Matt Harvey was pitching for the Orioles. Do, for do, some reason, that's a big deal.
0: Am I maybe the bad take of the day? Because I had a tweet that... I mean, people on <laughs> you, Mets Twitter... You would have thought that I said Tom Seaver is a piece of shit lowlife. Why are they building a statue for him? I mean... Let me read out the tweet. James got in the bad tweet, of the, you know, day last few times. Let me read out mine, and you know, according to Mets Twitter, this is a bad take. All of a sudden, which I I vehemently disagree with. So, like James said, you would have thought it was Mets opening day because it Good was word. Harvey. Thank you. SAT word. SAT word of the day. I think I do that every single episode as well. But it was Harvey. Harvey. Harvey nonstop yesterday on Twitter. So I was like, am I the only Mets fan who couldn't care less about how Matt Harvey does today? Did we all forget how much of a tool he was at the end of his tenure with the Mets? By the way, didn't say I hope he pitches like shit. I hope he gets hurt. I just said, I don't care. He doesn't play for the Mets anymore. It's irrelevant. His performance has no impact on my life whatsoever. And I got quote tweeted out the ass. I got replied to. People were trying to ratio me. The tweet still did well. It still got 700 likes. So there are plenty of Mets fans who agree with me. (laughs) wow dude sick but there are so many people and like you know some names in the Mets community that you probably know that were like just so upset that I said
1: this yeah I just I don't I can't even comprehend caring about Matt Harvey anymore like Rafael Montero gave up a home run the other night to Alex Dickerson who cares like Steven Matz is going to pitch this week for the Blue Jays who cares (laughs) like these guys aren't on the Mets
0: I honestly have more interest in Rafael Montero than Matt Harvey at this point, because there's a world where Rafael Montero could have an impact for the Mets if we trade for him as a bullpen arm, where I see there's no world where Matt Harvey comes back on the Mets or should come back to the Mets.
1: Do you know whose start former Met was actually more meaningful than Harvey's yesterday? Chris Flexin. Yes. Yeah. Good call. Yes, he I was. Knew was. He was great.
0: <laughs> he looked so, awesome. Like, I get it. Harvey had the 2015 World Series and he pitched his heart out and he was great for us when he was great. But after 2015, obviously he had the injuries and stuff and his career went downhill. And I just... He left a bad taste in my mouth with how he ended of, like, when he got sent down. And he needed to be sent down. He didn't have it. He had to figure something out, refused the assignment, and then was like, trade me, get me off the team.
1: No, he was literally always an asshole. Like, remember that time that, like, David Wright, when he was, like, on the team for a few weeks in probably 2015 or 14, he, like, walked up to Harvey and, like, put his arm around him and, like, basically chastised him for being a douchebag? Like, I, like... Harvey did have those great seasons for the Mets, and I'll never forget the way he pitched in, like, 2013 He was 2014. electric. He was absolutely yeah, was incredible. One of Yeah, he was incredible. One of the best full seasons in Mets history. But he's, he's going to be considered, like, kind of like, I guess, a Doc Gooden when it's all said and done. Where but, like, but even then, that's disrespectful to Doc Gooden. Yeah, like, no, definitely, because Doc Gooden had more good years, and he did way more cocaine, so and, there was more of a reason for him to fall off.
0: And won a World Series. And, and won a Cy Young. I mean, like, he was just a significantly better pitcher than Matt Harvey. So I like, I had people say like, oh, the Harvey thing is comparable to, to Dockers strawberry. I got a couple DMs about that. I'm like, but it's not because you're talking about some of the greatest players in Mets history that, you know, one day, maybe if they didn't have all these, you know, copious drug problems and arrests and everything could have had their number retired in the stadium. Matt Harvey is nowhere even close. I think to making it into the Mets hall of fame. I'm so done with Harvey. This is such an old Mets thinking. This is such an old Mets like way to act is worrying about how Matt Harvey does. And it's okay. You could want him to do well. But I think, like, everybody is in the back of their mind hoping that Harvey's gonna return to 2014-2013 form, which is there's impossible. There's no
1: chance that ever happens. It's, it's
0: impossible with what's happened to him. It's just physically not going to happen. I'm sorry to rain on your parade. There's a better
1: chance of Chase Anderson throwing a perfect game. <laughs> yes, like,
0: <laughs> there's just there's zero chance that Matt Harvey returns to the form that he has, and I think a lot of Mets fans hope that he does, and that he's gonna make a comeback with the Mets, and be our fifth starter or a guy of the whole that,
1: that, that can't be it. That can't be what people actually think.
0: and SNY tweets it out every other day, like, oh, is a possible Matt Harvey reunion inevitable and I go Sandy Alderson actually
1: in March you're right Sandy
0: Alderson seems to be pretty competent and it seems like Steve Cohen and everyone else around there does no no if you have any sort of idea of what's going on, a Matt Harvey reunion should be the last thing you're thinking about. We should be out there focused on getting good players that can help us win, not worried about the old guys that, ah, let's see if he can go out there and lace them up one more time for the Mets.
1: No, the guy is literally irrelevant. He couldn't be more relevant. He's like, he's a fringe starter for the team with the worst pitching in baseball. <laughs> like, who, who, who cares
0: to, you know, play devil's advocate here. Did have a decent start yesterday. <laughs> Did have a oh, decent dude, dude, dude. start. I
1: honestly didn't even look. <laughs> like. Like,
0: I mean, at that point, I had to because everyone was sh- shitting down my throat for saying I didn't care. But he actually had a decent start yesterday. Four and two thirds. It's Matt Harvey. It's fine. Six hits, uh, one walk, no earned runs, or two earned runs, four strikeouts. Fine. That's Matt. But that's probably the best performance. You're going to get out of Matt Harvey in a season right now.
1: Uh, historically good performance by Matt Harvey. Yeah,
0: like, I mean, just like the the, the quote tweets and the replies I was getting, you, you seriously would have thought I was talking about Mets royalty that I didn't care about. Again, didn't say, I hope this guy pitches like shit. Didn't say, you know, I hope he stubs his toe and can't play. I was just like, I don't care and I don't understand why Mets fans do.
1: Matt Harvey threw 66% fastballs in the start yesterday. That's crazy from and, the guy who once was. And he throws. And he, like he, top, he topped out. Topped out ninety four and a half. Yeah. Sat ninety three.
0: He can't. He can't live that way. Eventually, teams are going to no. hit that and hit him really, really hard. Like it's just surprising
1: the Red Sox didn't. I thought the Red Sox had a good offense through the first week. They've been pretty bad. They've or, been ice whatever.
0: cold. They've been yeah. ice cold. We have so many good players to focus on, and we have so many things with our own team. I get the Mets weren't playing, so you had to find something. But the idea that like Matt Harvey, is this like folk legend, this hero, like people were making him out to be like, uh, I don't, a messiah almost. Or, like he gave it all. He ruined his career for this team. Like I was like, oh my God, he pitched, That's not what at all. he pitched. That's not what happened. He got hurt while he was on the team. Yes. And I loved what he did. I would have gave him the ball in 2015 again, too. I was so pumped when he ran out of the dugout. I was like, hell yeah, this is sick. Goosebump moments. But that Harvey's gone. It's over Put it in the past. Let's look forward... We have so many good things to look forward to. Why are we living in the past talking about Matt Harvey still? Nonsense. But yeah, I mean, that was a... Uh, I'll take... Th- oh, well, actually, you know what? That's that's the bad tweet of the day, apparently. We'll go with that one for today. And then the last little bit thing to talk about. There's not too much to go over here with this, but Conforto extension rumors have been flying around a little bit.
1: We honestly pushed back recording this like a few minutes just because Conforto was speaking in the media over the last half hour. And he has since said... At this point, I'm not really interested in talking about it when Anthony DeComo asking about an extension. Right now, I'm focusing on baseball. I'm on getting ready for the Phillies. So it doesn't seem like we're going to get a Michael Conforto extension. No. And it didn't really seem like that ever, especially given next year's free agents. Scott Boris being his agent. This was a foregone conclusion for years. Whatever. That's all right. Yeah, it doesn't mean they also, won't get it done. It's just Yeah, also, apparently, Michael Conforto is not getting the COVID vaccine, which you could take that as you will. And apparently, but, J.D. Davis maybe too.
0: A lot of, of meth's open about uh, not getting COVID vaccine. And that was another thing that was starting up a shitstorm on Twitter the other day, too. Like, everyone was freaking out about that.
1: Yeah, a couple anti vaxxers in the clubhouse. Whatever. Yeah. It's not great, but uh, I'd prefer
0: uh, they got the vaccine. I definitely. Yeah, I'd like,
1: it if, I'd like it if they did.
0: I'd like if they believed in modern medicine, but that's fine. I get it. Everyone has their own beliefs to each their own. It's whatever. But yeah, I mean, we all want Conforto back. We know we want him back. I think the Lindor contract, at least, kind of sets a little bit of a tone of what they can offer him and like that they are willing to spend this kind of money
1: but he's it's he's definitely gonna get a minimum 200 million dollars and it just doesn't seem like the mets are willing to fork over half a billion in a week
0: yeah no i don't think this week i think that's a decision that they might make at the end of the season and depending on his performance that number might go up it might go down who knows but yeah
1: it could could stay exactly the same
0: i feel like right now the baseline at least for him is probably eight for 200 i would think right Mm -hmm. and that gives him 25 a year
1: yeah which I think that'd be f- super fair.
0: I think that's a fair th- for both sides because I don't think he's a $30 million a year player. I think you have to seriously be an MVP candidate to kind of get that that kind of money. And he's not there yet. He's a great hitter, but he's not an MVP candidate just yet. 25 mil, I think, would be fair. Is that what he's going to want? Probably not. He's a Boris agent, probably wants as much as physically possible. Here's a
1: little fun update. We were talking about Eflin shoving before. He got through six innings scoreless. And Travis Darno just hit a solo home run for the Braves to tie the game in the seventh. The
0: Mets helping them out. Mets Mets players always beating up on the Phillies. You got to love that. This is a little thing I wanted to bring up here too. So are we rooting for the Braves or the Phillies in these games? Because I've kind of been going for the Phillies because I go, I think the Braves are going to win more. But also at the same time, like, I don't want the Phillies to win too many. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this isn't this this is a july and august problem yes i don't i'm not rooting for other teams yet yeah okay that's i'm fair. simply we're only rooting for other teams because the mets are not on yes we're just is, bored
0: that's that's true <laughs> i am so bored man no mets baseball is a punishment yeah it sucks
1: it's a punishment.
0: <laughs> L- lousy good for nothing loser national fucks yeah amen <laughs> hate them hate them hate them and when we play them we're gonna have to stomp on their throats it's just that simple Oh,
1: I plan to. Yes. Curb stop I'd love, to do, it per- I'd love to do it personally.
0: It'd yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be great. Smack them around a little bit. Be like, you know what? You yeah. can be the fourth place team now. See you later. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this was a, uh, you know, considering, again, nothing... But something has happened for like the third straight recording of ours.
1: Yeah, as we squeaked out three episodes here, and there even was a fourth that we just held from held from you guys because it wasn't very good because we had nothing to talk about. Yeah, we've we've done well. It's been good. I mean, yeah. Imagine what we're going to talk about when the Mets do play.
0: Yeah, when, when the Mets have games and like little decisions to go over and performances, this might turn into a three hour podcast. Hopefully not. But I mean, like, yeah, we've we've talked about. Pretty much nothing and something for 45 minutes, which is pretty good. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it. I hope you enjoyed watching it over on the YouTube channel. You can find us everywhere. Messed up on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and on Apple and iTunes. and Apple and iTunes, that's the same thing. Apple, Spotify, whatever you listen to your podcast on. Messed up podcast, you'll find us. I think that's pretty much we're going to wrap it up here for today. I'm Mark. We got James on the other side here. You can follow us. Giraffnik Mark. Jeter had no range on Twitter. And hopefully the next time we talk to you, the Mets will have some games that we have played because uh, we got nothing right now for you. But thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time on the Mets Up Podcast. Peace out.